Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Have you run in New York before? No, I haven't, no. Oh, good. You're about to get a treat. We're gonna run, we'll run in Central Park. Oh, no, that'll be great. Yeah. That'll be fantastic. It's, all, um, it's, the, it's like one of the great runs in America. Oh, brilliant. Okay, yeah. cool. Welcome to Running Commentary. I'm here with Matthew Futterman. Is that pr- correct pronunciation? That's it. Matthew okay. Um, call me Matt. Everybody calls uh, Matt, me Matt. I'll call him Matt. Author of Running to the Edge. We're going to talk about running, about his book, his journey in running. And I'm just overwhelmed to be in New York. I'm crazy about this place. I absolutely love it. I was so stupid. I took, should we start? We're just, yeah, just sure. Let's go. I, um, We're going to go north on 6th Avenue. Brilliant. I took a... Um, I ended up taking a taxi, which took me ages. Of course, I should have gone on the ch- on the subway, but yes. it felt it was so wet when I set off. Yes, um, and it's and we've met an, at an athletic centre, right in the middle, isn't it? Is that your normal? Is that your place? Is yeah, that your that's where I, I work about ten blocks from here. Right, so, okay. uh, you know, I either I go for a run in the morning and ride my bike right, to okay. work, shower there, and get you, on my way. Because you and, work in the, uh, in the New York I work Times. in the New York Times building, Fantastic. yeah, which is about, uh, t- about 10 blocks away from How long here. have you been working there? Uh, I've been working there since November 2017. Right, okay. And we're going to go this way, left. So, uh, a while, but not too long. Yeah, are, not too long. Are you secure there? Is it going well? It's going pretty well. I hope <laughs> good, so. Good, 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 we'll good. see. Good, I was... Good, good. Uh, I was at the Wall Street Journal for about 10 years. Right, okay. And... Um, I was the senior sports writer there. Brilliant, amazing, and that was awesome. really that was really the only job I ever wanted. Why? Right. Uh, years ago, I uh, I mean I, I wanted to write books and things like that, but yeah, I also wanted to um, you know I always you know, the, traditionally the Wall Street Journal had one sports writer, right, and that was the job I always wanted. And in 2008, lo and behold, somebody gave it to me. There's something. And, there's, there's a. Uh there's something about American sports writing. I don't know whether it's because I'm not American, but they seem to take it a bit more seriously uh, than the English do. There's a tradition of great writing about American sports. Agree, well, disagree? What do you reckon? Well, there's that, there's that cliche, which, you know, is sometimes true with the, you know, in the American, the English sports writer that the English guy can't write his way out of a paper bag and the American, <laughs> and the American wouldn't know a story if it hit him on the head. Right, okay, cool. And... Yeah, you know, I've always been amazed. I've done a lot of international sports writing. Right. And so I've been with a lot of uh, British writers over the years. Right. Martin Rogers, one of my best friends. Right. Uh, and he, you know, he's over here now. But, you know, I've always been amazed how and I've been in some of these interviews with these guys. And I'll come out of the interview thinking, oh, that wasn't anything. Nothing going on there. And... And they've got something. And they come out <laughs> and they write these incredible leads Oops. about, you know, and I just have completely, like, wow, that was a big deal. Yes, yeah. You know, stuff with <laughs> yeah. football. So they've got a nose. They've got a nose for it. they just got a great nose for yeah. it. Yeah. And, and you know what it is? 
the verb, the verb they use in that first sentence right. is always very powerful. Right, okay. It's That's either like insisted or demolished or right. it's a yeah, very yeah, yeah, strong yeah, yeah. word. And so, you know, I guess the American... American, American sports writers can... They're in, a, they're in a culture that has valued the long form a bit more in terms of like American magazine writing. Yeah. I've read a lot of sports right. magazines. Yes. And that's valued more, so you can take a bit more... You've got a bit more time, haven't you? Uh, yeah, Maybe. a little bit. We, I'm not you suggesting can. you're having papers, but in sort of... Right. There's some... You know, Sports Illustrated for years had this tradition, and even now, you know, online, digitally, which is the way most of the people read our stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think what we find is that when we really lean into the story... And we give people, um, you know, we give people some real meat. Yes. You know, we know how exactly how many people read the story and how much right. time they spend on it. Yeah. You really see if you give them something like that, they uh, they really take to it. They like it. Yeah. There's a yeah. thirst for it. There's isn't no it? question. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we're so approaching we're gonna, Central Park now. Yeah. So we're going to carefully nice, get nice. A, get across Central Park South. Do a little jaywalking here. Nice, nice. Beat your New what's Yorkers. The si- what's the system? Is that what we've done technically illegal? I'm trying to work it out. I don't quite know what to do. Uh, I'm crossing the roads here. Do I have to wait? You don't have to wait. Right, okay. You definitely don't have to wait if nobody's there. Right. And uh, if somebody's there, then you just sort of take your life into your own hands. Can I just and, w- w- uh, let me just mush my, my, my shoe up? Okay. You and seem in good shape, you know. You've got your legs look good. I'm Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, seem, they seem really trim. Yeah, I'm pretty trim. I'm, always, I'm sort of always in... Uh, Are you training for anything in particular? Yeah, I'm going to run a couple of marathons this fall. So I'm going right. Chicago and New York. Nice. Um, I've, I've never heard, done Chicago before. I've heard good things about Chicago. Yeah, nice and flat. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah. fast. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's a good... That'll hopefully be a good race. Are you um, aiming for anything particular? Or what well, I keep what keep, age are you at, Matt? Come on, I am going to be 50 in a month. Yeah, well, I'm 50 in about a week. Yeah, oh, good for you. So, same age. Yeah, so, Does you know, I, keep, I just keep trying to qualify for Boston. Right, okay. And I've been pretty... And what do you need to do to qualify for Boston this year? Uh, well, the form says under th- is 325. Right, okay. But, you know, we'll see how much lower you have to be. Yes. Because, you know, it's a... They keep changing. Is it, is it like London? They keep making it harder. Well, they did for the make, men to get in. Yes, they made it a little. They did make it a little harder. Right. But in addition to that, you know, the, it's a. They have more applicants than they have spots. Right. And um, and so, what they've made it is it's a. You know, they they let people careful, in. Careful. Careful. Yeah, he's fine. They let people in. I'm going the running lane here. Cool. But they let people in fastest to slowest. Right. So last year. And they and they actually lowered the time last year because uh, what you had to do was you had to be you actually ended up having to be four minutes and fifty two seconds faster right. than the qualifying standard. That's a bit sharp. So a lot isn't of people it? got left out. Yeah, uh, that is sharp. And does it have to be at, at one of the sort of major races to get uh, accredited? No, it just has to be a, a, a what's called a. Uh, Certified, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Boston certified qualified, right, right? And most of them are are certified, right? So, yeah, but it's a, yeah. So that's that's my goal. I just like trying to do that, and because one of the one of the, uh, I mean, I love the book. Thank you. But I like I like the way you bring in yourself as well, your own journey to it, qualifying for Boston, hitting the wall, and. Walking, and, right? Do you know what I mean? These, mo- these, yeah. these moments. The twenty-five. It was a twenty-five-year overnight success story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think the, um, you know, I, I, keep, I, I do. I still believe that I, I'm going to be able to do another PR one of these days. Right day, right race, right weather. I know it's, uh, uh, and it's tricky though, isn't it? That sort of negotiation with time as yeah. you get older. Right, but I, my theory is that if I can. If I can keep getting faster, then that means I'm not getting older. Yes. Which is ridiculous, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, we know this is true. We know we're getting untrue. older. It's impossible. But, uh, Do you not find your body slightly less uh, able to withstand tough training? Well, I definitely, I definitely struggle a bit with 
you know, the recovery? Yes. The recovery is from the hard workouts. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, when I was, when I, I got to know Meb Kofleski pretty well. Yes. During the writing of this book, because it's essentially about his coach. Yes, Bob, Bob Larson. Yes. And, you know, when Meb was getting towards the later stages in his career, his workout schedule, his days were basically hard, easy, easy, hard, easy, easy. Yes. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a pretty good plan. It um, is, yeah, yeah. You've got you it's as opposed to when you, you're a kid. You just go you, hard you can every go, day. Oh, you could go hard Monday, Wednesday, race Saturday, right. long run Sunday. Right. Do you know what I mean? You've got to just be a bit more conscious of it, haven't you? Yeah. And maybe a bit of cross training as well, which yes, I've always, I do a lot of swimming. I've always hated, but I realise I, I have to do I have to start planking and yes. course. Do strength workout. Yeah. And uh I do a fair amount of uh, hot yoga. All right, um, okay. Which is which, my wife would love you. She yeah, loves hot yoga. It's a. It, I find that to be just a really good um, balance. Right. Uh, with running, uh, sometimes I even do it after a good long run. Good for you. You know, it's super hard. Good for and you. And you sleep very well that night. Right. Um, but it uh, really sort of eases your body. Now, not everybody feels that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, ben, the coach Ben Rosario, he has a, uh, he he runs the uh, Northern Arizona elite team in Flagstaff, right? Uh, which is some good runners these days, some national champions. And he, his feeling is that muscles are like rubber bands, right? And you need, you know, and runners really need them, sort of responsive. And then if you stretch them too much. They kind They're of stretch gonna, themselves yeah, out. Stretch yes, themselves I've, out. I've heard that theory, yeah. So, I, 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 I realise I've got to stretch a bit before I run. Yeah. Just a little bit. Get uh-huh. my back going, you know. Right. So right. Talk, talk us through the uh, the genesis of the book, because it's about Bob Larson, but what I liked about it is it, it kind of evokes that the intensity of college running. And the, is it the, the Yamal Toads? How do you the Hamel Toads, yeah. The Hamel Toads, yeah. This yeah. kind of maverick collection of runners who congregated. It was like the Magnificent Seven getting together right. or something, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? It was like, how, what, what was the, well, the source I, of the fascination I, with it, of, of, the, well, of that, I, that particular period? Well, there was a couple of different things at work. Right. The first is that, you know, I always wanted to write a running book, but I didn't want to write solely about myself. You right. see a lot of sort of running memoirs out yes. there. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And my running story is, you know, it's interesting to me, but I didn't think it would be that interesting uh, I know what you're to, saying. The, it, you know, to the general populace. Yes. I should note, we're running the opposite way of the New York Marathon All right, right okay. Cool. This, is, this is mile, this is like mile 24. Right. But we'd be coming the other way. Okay. Up this hill. This is you always nice. hear. You always hear bit about of a drag, bit yeah. of a drag just before the end. Yeah, you always hear about the hills of Central Park. <laughs> right. These are, this is what they're talking about. Right. Okay. It's funny. They're not that big. No. But mile 24 or 25, they you feel, feel them. Big. Yeah, they, of course. They of feel course, big. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, so I was always looking around for the right story, and I knew Bob as Meb's coach. Yeah. And I've been talking to him for a while, and then I got invited to a documentary film about him and uh, I had no idea he had this backstory and that he had started out in really the early days of the American running boom yes and uh, which would be about what period sort of late 60s late early 60s, 70s, early 70s yeah. yeah uh and running boom's really the 70s but he was doing he was you know studying this stuff before and this and his lab rats yeah he was thinking really hard about how People could run really far, really fast. Yeah. He was just obsessed with it at a time when no one was obsessed with this stuff. and Because uh, it was still quite fringy to be running totally, at all. Yeah, completely. Really, yes. I mean, and, and they, there was this picture of this team, this Hummel Toads. And there's this ragtag group. I kind of look like a bunch of hippies. They look sort of like the Doobie Brothers or right. uh, <laughs> the band or one of those... Yes, you know, classic rock groups from the era, and they're based around San Diego. Yes, sort of, yes, yeah. And I just looked at that picture of them, and I thought, oh, I got to, I got to get to know those. This guys. This is interesting. Yes, who are those guys? Yeah, because I really feel like I felt like whatever running book I wrote, I wanted it to capture 
that sort of rebellious spirit right. that I think has always been at the heart of this sport. You mentioned before that it was a really very fringe activity. Yes. And it really was. There was nothing more countercultural yes. that you could do uh, than go and run 20 miles on a Saturday morning. I suppose because everyone was like... Tuning, tuning in, dropping out, rebelling yeah, well, in a different way. But Not only that, but even the conventional wisdom in the medical community was, you know, if you were to strain your heart right. after the age of 35, uh, you were to risk a just really dangerous. A catastrophic cardiac event. Right. <laughs> and, which is yeah. so ridiculous when we think about it, especially because this was not very long ago. Yeah. Now, this was like... Yesterday, it's like in our lifetimes. Although you, know, you had, uh, although you had James Fix, who did unfortunately die with a heart attack, which didn't help things, did it? That was a bit right. later. That's ten years later. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we're sending people to the moon. Yeah, the Russians have a cell phone. There's, there's, the age of modernity has dawned. Yes, and yet we don't understand that the heart is a muscle. Yes, like anything else, and that it's still you, stuck in the twenties. Sort of yeah, thing and then if you train it, it, it'll get stronger. Yeah. For the most part, unless you yes. have, you know, a genetic defect or something. So, uh, that's what Bob is fascinated with. And he starts pushing this idea of, of threshold running. Yeah. What we now call tempo runs. And he got to it because he would do these experiments on these runners. That group of hippies where he would send them out for longer and longer periods. Yeah. Uh running at their threshold which is the it's the hardest type of training isn't it yeah it really is. whenever you do it on, I mean I find those almost impossible to do on my own yeah, and even in company yeah, it's I find more, it very hard it's, it's, I, I would say it's it's almost more psychologically hard than physically hard yes yeah 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 you know because you have to do you're going to the spot that you're afraid of yes um, and trying to stay there and trying to stay yeah. there <laughs> yeah. and so the so but but that's really the way to be elite, you know, or yes. be the elite of the elite. Yeah, or, and or, that's or, how he takes this group of runners, and they sort of come out of nowhere, uh, and they win the 1976 National Cross Country Championships back when that's the biggest race outside of the Boston Marathon. Absolutely, yeah. and it's wonderful the way you weave that in of the. Athletes coming together, Ed Mendoza, and yeah, do you know what I mean? The guys coming back because they go away and then they come back, don't they? Right. It's a very different club. And the, and the, you know what really clinched it for me to know that I think I had a good book here was, or at least good material, was I started calling these guys and I started asking them a very simple question, which is why did you run? Right. And you know, not one of them had. This sort of boring answer of, well, I don't know. I was good at it, and yes. figured why not, and, and won a lot, and that's it. I just, I never really thought about it. They all had very, very powerful reasons, right? You know, emotional reasons for why they ran. You mentioned Ed Mendoza. He's this tiny little guy, growing up, terrible athlete. His do- his sister, little sister, used to get picked for games in the park before he did. Right. And then he gets to high school and he runs in in fitness class and the teacher tells him he's really fast. Says you should do track and field. And he says, what's track and field? But he starts going out for practice and training and he realizes he is faster than just about anybody. The breakthrough moment, yes. And And suddenly he thinks his body has a purpose. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very powerful thing for his self-esteem. Yes. And, and, and that's also applicable to recreational runners, isn't it? Absolutely. They realize it's something, that's a great thing about running. You can do it on whatever level you're at. Right. And it can be a very powerful meaning for you. It's a metropolitan museum of Nice, life. nice. So, uh, but yeah. Same with thresholds. It's like they'll help any runner. If you can do them <laughs> yes. at any level. Right. There's nothing more inspiring than reading about young people doing loads of intense threshold runs, but there's nothing harder than slightly older people doing it. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but, but it would be useful if we could, you know. Right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a learned behavior right. in any walk of life to yeah. do the thing that, that makes you uncomfortable. Yes. And to do and to, 
and to really learn how to be comfortable with yeah. being uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, Which is what marathon running is, isn't it? That's the root of decent performance or even performances running fastish when tired, when really tired, isn't it? You're training your body to get that that default setting. Right. One of the toads. One of the toads said he, his son was a competitive runner. Yeah. And he said, he said he used to say to him, "I know it hurts, but you just have to go a little faster." <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. Yes. Yes. It yeah. sounds abusive. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, anyone yeah. who's been in a race. Yes. And whether you're racing in your age group and you know yes, just trying yeah. to complete a 5k in 26 minutes or whatever it is yeah yeah absolutely and you're and trying to beat the the guy or the woman next to you or whether you're you know on the olympic track in the final of the 5000 field you know, tied run you, faster. you yeah, just yeah. Got, that's that's sort of what it is yeah yeah it hurts like hell yeah but uh you just have to try and go a little faster now, having said that, you know, if you're a runner and you just want to get over the finish line and you just enjoy the activity, that's great. Of you course, know? of course. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 totally. These cool. are just little games we play with ourselves. Yeah, but it's just nice to, uh, it's just nice to read about a collection of guys doing it together and inspiring each other, isn't it? Because that's what, that's what clubs do. That's what I realized when I moved, uh, I joined a club a few years ago to try and get faster in the marathon. And I just got so much out of a club environment. Tempo runs and long intervals. Because you're together. You're stronger together, aren't you? Well, it's very counterintuitive, I think. Because we think of running as a very individual pursuit. Yes. Uh, and for a long time, the individuality is really what was glamorized. Now, there's that famous book, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Yes. And so that's, that was sort of the image that was put out there you know sort of a uh, guy training alone or a woman training yes. alone in the woods the nobility and, of solitude kind of thing right so, yeah uh, but one of the one of the real tenets of Bob Larson one of the things he, that really sort of revolutionized and led to the renaissance of American distance running was you know we train as we, we run as individuals but we run as a team. Yes. Because the group is just so much more powerful than the individual. Yeah. Uh, if you, and it's as simple as, you know, if you're meeting your buddy for a run at 6 in the morning on a Tuesday and it's 40 degrees and raining, you're, more likely you're going to be go. there. <laughs> yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're not to meet yeah. anybody, you might go back to sleep. Yes. Uh, and so it's as simple as that. Or it can also be, you know, you're training with a pack and doing those threshold runs, and you're slacking off that day. You just don't feel strong, but you're going to work really hard to keep up with the just group. Just to stay with them, yes. Yeah, and yeah. then tomorrow, you're going to feel strong, and somebody else in the group, yeah, is going to be feeling is going to be having a not great day, and he'll try and keep up with you, or she'll try and keep up with you, and so it's a real, so it's it's a it's a very powerful thing. When you sort of give yourself over, yes, to the team, yes, and, and I, I mean, I think that's that's one of those corollaries that just stretches out, not just to running, yes, but I mean, there's just I feel like every day, you know, I'm made better by the people around me, whether it's at work or. If you're looking at my yeah. family, I well, mean, I mean like, you choose the people around. Yeah, you, right? so if you yes. get good yeah. people. Around, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you get good people around yes. you, you can really elevate really each other. Yes, them. yes. It's a uh, you know running and and the best parts of life are uh, collaborative art. So, are you uh, are your kids starting to run then? You've got some. You've got daughters, haven't? You? I do have three daughters. Right. What's the? Uh, you start dragging them out on a. They, I mean, <laughs> they don't. Well, my let's see, my middle, my oldest one doesn't like to run. They were all, uh, they all play you know, what we call here soccer and yes, you all yeah. call football. Yeah. So, as you, as so you know, a, as you know, girls and women's soccer is pretty good in this. Pretty, very, very pretty good. big in this country. Very good. Yes. Uh, for obvious Heard reasons. Heard a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so they, so they're, they're done. So they they played that from a young age, and um, so they're fit anyway, kind of. Thing. Yeah, they're fit. Yeah. They're into they're they're pretty into fitness. The middle one has gotten into 
running recently. Uh, she's 17. Not re- not really racing, but she just does it on her own right. for fitness and uh, you know they they enjoy it. It's it's a night. It's a, I think it's a really it's a really good time for girls to grow up. Yes, because there are a lot of images out there of There's a lot of positivity. Yeah, through, of just yes. strong women, strong yes. bodies. Yeah, and I get the magazine Runners World. Yes, and you know every other. Every other month, there's some just really strong woman on the cover. And that's another part of your book, isn't it? Dina. Dina yeah, Castor, Dina Castor, yeah. Who uh, came through. I mean, that's supposed to the highlight of Bob Larson's coaching technique. The peak of it would be the Olympics in Greece, would you say? Yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah. and ju- I mean, just the careers of being able to shape that generation yes. of runners through... Uh, the creation of the Mammoth Track Club, which right. is Mammoth is a uh, is a, is in the in the Sierra in right. California, and it's at about eight thousand feet. So we and harness so, the altitude. Yes, effects of altitude. But yeah. this is, I mean, and where that comes from is, you know, it's the it's the late nineties, and there's all this sort of pseudoscience out there. Because the East Africans have taken over distance running. Yeah. And people are starting to posit these theories that, you know, the, the Kenyans and the Ethiopians, you know, they evolved differently than other humans because right. they were, you know, tracking animals on the Serengeti and, yes. you know, yeah, their yeah, Achilles yeah. tendons are longer and their, their muscle fibers are different. And Larson just basically says, you know what, that's just bullshit. They're just working harder, yeah. and they're doing it at elevation. And they're doing all the things I did with the Hummel Toads back in the 70s. Yes. They're training in groups. Yeah. They're pushing each other. Yes. They're doing these threshold runs. And for about 15 years, uh, ever since the collapse of Alberto Salazar, Americans had become kind of gun-shy. In terms and, of training as hard as they could have possibly. Yeah, the training, the idea was, had gotten into the bloodstream that, you know, you might only have a, a set number of steps in your life. Right. And if you use those up training, then they won't be there on race right. day. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, it's yeah, completely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you got to take care of yourself. You can't overdo Although Salazar it. was a bit of a example of overtraining, yes, wasn't he? He became definitely. emblematic of it, didn't he? He, he did overtrain, probably. But what he really didn't do is he didn't really... He didn't really pay attention to his injuries right. in the way he should have. He would come back too quickly. Yeah. And he was also suffering from depression. Yes. Uh, and that was at a time where people didn't really talk about mental health yeah. all that much. So, But there was this false lesson that came there. And so Larson got named the distance coach for 2004. And he had about five years to prepare for it. And the main thing he wanted to do was raise some money so he could get a group of elite runners and have them live at altitude yeah. and train at altitude and uh, and be there and be there really most of the time or all the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's... It's quite intense sort of monastic existence, isn't it? In it's a way that's monastic. unusual for us, isn't it? Yes. I mean, that's the hard thing. Americans... Yeah. Uh, just the West, just generally, isn't yeah, it? We're yeah, pretty, we're pretty comfortable, and we like to be comfortable. Yes, yeah. Um, and so, but you have to, you know, it's about five hours from the closest city. Yeah. These are young people. Yes. Not a ton of not social. To do. Yeah, I mean, not, <laughs> not a, a, lot of, a lot of selection when it comes to uh, girlfriends and boyfriends. Yes. So, you know, you're, you're sort of in, a, in this solitary pursuit. And look, the, the, the life of a... An elite distance runner is rough, you know. Absolutely, it's yes. not like being a golfer. No, 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 no. It's, it's very uh, tough. Yeah, it's very intense. But that was—that's sort of what it takes. And it's also what you do when you're not training as well, isn't it? Yeah. So that's crucial, isn't it? And that's yeah. what the Kenyans are very good at, aren't they? They rest. Yes. Do you know what I mean? They're not. They rest. They're not in, nipping into town. They're not doing what we are. You know. Right. And they rest at eight thousand feet. Yes. Which means their bodies yes. are producing more red blood cells. Incredible. And then yeah. they drop down, and you know, they sometimes they'll train up at that level, but they'll also train at uh, 
eight, you know, they'll also drop down and do speed work at 4,000 feet. Right. So it's sort of that live high, train low yes. mentality that really... And also try not really to over-race as well, isn't it? Because that's what... Yeah. I always remember staying up to watch the 84 Olympic marathon when Lopez won. Right. And it felt like De Costello and Salazar, they'd been racing a bit much, you know what I mean? The yes. Sa- not just marathons, just shorter races as well, because it's quite a lucrative circuit yes. then, wasn't it? Yes. So it's uh, so that was that was really his height. And, you know, we didn't... The Americans, in the 2000, they qualified one man for the Olympic marathon. Yeah. And that was really a charity spot. Right. And then by 2004... You know, if there's six medals given out for the marathon every Olympics, that little club in Mammoth got two of them. That's a pretty good ratio. It's incredible, yes. So, uh, it's incredible. You know, and that was a race where people set off too fast. It was defined by its heat, wasn't it? Very hot yeah. day. Uh, you know, basically... Radcliffe, Radcliffe famously dropped out about 40 yes. miles, didn't she, Paula? Yeah, not, not only did she drop out, she, she really... She mentally it. collapsed yes. and was yeah, yeah, yeah. crying on the side of the road. Yes, yeah. Uh, fascinating, a fascinating race. Um, you know, you, but, you know, there's no shame in dropping out of, of a, course. a race that starts when it's 95 degrees when it starts. Absolutely. And it's yeah. got it. It's, I think the hill was from about mile 8 to mile 20. Oh, my goodness. mile 19. It's a, it's a very, very challenging course. And Dina paced it to perfection, didn't she? she well, it's funny. It Dina Cassie, she did... You would think, you and I think she paced it for perfection. Right. But I was with her. Hindsight bias. I was with her a month ago. Right. And she says, that's the one race that she wishes she could have back. Really? To do over again. Okay. Because she would just go a little faster in, in the, the beginning. First half, right. And she would push it a little harder in the last 10K. Right. And she thinks she could. She, I mean, she thinks she could have won that day. She got bronze, didn't she? Well, she got bronze. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty good. Of course. And also, you just you just don't know, do you? Because you can't really bank time in the marathon, can you? If right. you set off at all too fast, you'll more than pay off. Right. Then pay later, won't you? It's quite... Right. Pacing's crucial, isn't it? Absolutely. But I think it's so interesting that she has that emotion. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's a very human emotion because, you know, everyone I've ever known just about who's run one of these races you know they finish it and even if they never want to do one again they think i wonder if i could have done that yeah. a little faster <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's very funny it's good to know the elites feel the same yeah mother's day is around the corner Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you've made it from Midtown up to Harlem now. All right, okay. So we're at the, we're at the top of the cool. park. Uh, so, but yes, it's a, so yeah, she's a, she's a sort of fascinating person. And she's still, and she's about 45 years old. Right. And she's still, you know, I, 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 she gonna run Berlin. She's got a fall marathon. I think she's running Berlin. Right. Um, and I said to her, you know, 
what, what's your goal? What are you thinking? And she said to me, dead serious. She said, look, I always train to win. Right, of course, of course. She said, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to get first place. Right. But I'm still training to win. Amazing. Which is amazing if you think yes. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she just gets real joy and pleasure out of it. Uh, so, and, and, and you really have to. Yes. Uh, if you're, if you're going to pursue it, really at any level, but especially, especially and, and, at that level. And Meb's an incredible story because he got, he did his, was it, was his fastest marathon his last uh, serious competitor? Did he run one beyond that? That was at ran, Boston, was it? Yeah, 2014 in Boston. Yeah. He ran 208.37. He was, uh, I think, about a month shy of his 39th birthday. Wow. And he, um, he ran two more, compet- I mean, he ran several more competitive races. Right, okay. Uh, but that was his fastest. Yeah. You know, he, he you know, went back to Boston the next year. Um, but then he also, you know, he also qualified for the American Olympic team. He got one of those three spots. Really? At 40 years old. Wow. Uh, what an athlete. It's kind of incredible. Incredible um, longevity, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's from, from being a college athlete to 40. It's yes. A huge span, isn't it? I mean, he struggled with some injuries. Yeah. So, and he, and he had a lot of bad luck. Uh, so there were days where I think he felt like he was in great shape and he, were, he would wake up with a sour stomach. Yes. Or, um, you know, there was one New York race where... He would wear one of those breathe right strips yeah. on his nose, and he put it in his shoe on the way to the starting line so he wouldn't lose it. Right. And he was so excited about the race, he forgot that it was in his shoe. Yes, yes. And yeah. <laughs> until about two miles in, he feels this nail digging into his foot, and he realizes, he realizes. oh, shit, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've got the yeah, breathe right strip yeah, yeah. in my foot. And uh, he runs, he finishes that race, but he's gouged his foot there. I mean, the, it was sort of a blessing, a curse and a blessing. It was a curse that day, and he couldn't run for several weeks. Right. But that was the year he was trying to run New York, and then the Olympic trials within 70 days of each other. And Maybe not a good idea. And what he really needed was rest. And if he didn't have that injury in his foot, he probably would have tried to come back much sooner from New York. And instead, he rested for three weeks because he, he absolutely couldn't run. Yes. And he won the Olympic trials. Yes. Uh, it's kind of, sometimes you feel it's better to be slightly undertrained as yeah. opposed to overtrained. For a marathon, I think it's like, I think if you can, if you can get over it psychologically, yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is step to the starting line and think I'm not prepared. I think I didn't do enough work. Yes, yeah. Uh, I don't care who you are. No. But because I, I mean, I've done that and I've tried to fake my way through it, and yeah, 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 it yeah. sure didn't work. You <laughs> um, think you think some magic's going to take over on the right. day or something, you know? <laughs> right. The emotion. You, you really. Earn your marathons in training, don't you? Just to, it's almost a. I was aiming to beat three hours a couple of years ago, and I managed to for, for the first time. Amazing. But I realized I'd, I'd already I got it in training. Do you know what I mean? The training yeah. I'd done, I, I looked through the preceding three months, and it sort of felt in the bag. It gives you so much confidence. Right. Because previously I'd, I'd just cut corners a bit or whatever. And it's such a relief if you can really earn a taper and then just arrive on the day and know you've done it all. Right. At, at my level, do you know, everyone's at different levels, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I, I'd like to get to the point where I could just be so comfortable with, you know, where I was, where I felt like the marathon was just sort of a celebration right. of everything I'd done leading up to it. Right, okay. And I try really hard these days, you know, as I said before, I'm going to be 50 in a month and yeah. I try really hard to just be really thankful to be as thankful to be on the starting line as I am to get to the finish line right uh, nice because nice I idea. do feel really you know it's a real privilege to 
and you know, and a real sort of testament to the work you've done and staying yeah. healthy and trying yeah. to pay pay attention to things like that. So I think you know we should all feel really good about it. We get so yes obsessed with numbers. Yes, and absolutely. Results. It can get quite neurotic, can't it? Yeah. The whole thing, race projections and, yeah. you know, what am, I, what am I eating, what am I drinking? At root, it is a, a simple activity. Right. And certainly at my level, you know, I'm, a, I, I'm somewhere between a 315 and a 330 marathon, or depending on the day and the weather and stuff yes. like that yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point. You know, nobody really cares. She's good. No, no one cares. <laughs> of course than, not. Nobody cares other than me. Of course, of course, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I had a terrible race in Boston in April. Uh, it was just terribly hot. Right. Uh, after training all winter in New York, where it's you know thirty degrees yeah. all winter, and then you go to Boston, and it was seventy degrees and humid. Uh, and your body's just not used to it. Of course. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I tried to push through, and. You know, I just melted, walked in the last mile. Yeah. yeah I think I finished in about 3.54 or something like that. It happens you know, sometimes, is, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I felt terrible about it. I was really depressed. And uh, a guy at work said to me, just as my book was coming out, he said, he said, well, you know, if I ever ran a marathon or wrote a book... Either one would be the greatest accomplishment of my life. (laughs) So you've done both within about a month of each other. You should feel pretty good. Just relax. And it kind of snapped me out of my idiotic, self-involved stupor. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I think that's what the uh, attraction of the marathon is. Obviously, no one else really cares. But you can create a... It creates a scenario where for that day you can feel heroic... Do you know what I mean? Everyone's everyone's yeah. the hero in their own drama. Sure. And I really like that. And it's played out in public, but it's quite a private experience that people are going through as well. Yeah, there's that private experience yeah. where you just feel so good about what you've done. Yeah. But what there also is, is, you know, there's that feeling of being a part of something larger than yourself. Of course, yourself. absolutely, yeah. You know, you're surrounded the mass, by... The mass of it, yeah. You're just part of this just massive humanity. Yes. That is on this journey. And the spectators as well. Yeah. Incredible, isn't it, the support? Yeah, yeah. right. It, I, I, I say that, you know, if you want to see a city on its best day, go on, to man. it on the day of a marathon. Yes, of a marathon. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, really you really see people uh, coming out... And really pushing for each other. Yeah. And, you know, nobody asks you if uh, you're a Trump supporter or a Clinton supporter. No, 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 no. Or if you're, you're leave or remain. It transcends that, They just it, yeah. ask you, you know, do you want a banana? <laughs> or would you yeah. like some water? Yes. And, uh, yeah, know, it's lovely. So it's, a, it's, 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 it's sort of a rare and moment end, of unity, and we don't have a lot of them these days. Which persists... Beyond the end of the marathon as well, doesn't it? I always feel that by the time you got to the end of a marathon, you kind of got to the end of the futility of those separations, you know? You're just people by the end, aren't you? You've kind of run through the, the nonsense. Right. For about, an hour, for about two hours. Well, maybe two, hours, <laughs> maybe two hours for you. Or two hours after. Two hours after, yeah. I was yeah, going to yeah. say, I don't run a marathon in no, two no, no, hours. No, 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 no. But two, for, just, or even a few days afterwards, I found myself very... I've just run through all residual anger or tension that builds up in life. Uh-huh. I feel very beatific. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. very... Yeah, I mean, I, t- I say to a lot of people, and they think I'm joking, but I'm not. But I do a lot of my best writing while I'm running. Right. Uh, because on those days when I'm not running with a buddy or running in a group, yeah, which is often because I'm fairly busy, you know, work and life... Um, you know, it's sort of like quiet time. I get inside my head. I really think about things. Yes, and, it is, yeah. Uh, you know, things sort of come together in ways where I, I, I didn't... Yeah, your mind works. I didn't have, that bit, con- I didn't have a looser. connection. Yeah. I'll think of a sentence that will get me through or how to start a chapter. That's interesting. Or rearrange. Right. You know, what if I put this chapter there? Do you take notes or do you carry a voice recorder? I don't because... Right. So we get in the way sort of thing. So I, I hate carrying things. Yeah, I'm like... And that. I really feel like running is important to be, for me at least, 
to be a real break yes. from the technology. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's sort of always with us. I'm like that, yeah. And uh, so my family's pretty used to me coming back into my apartment and grabbing the closest piece of paper and scribbling yeah, yeah, notes yeah, yeah, down yeah. and Quick. saying, one, one sec, one Quick. sec, one sec. You know, trying to get it out before I forget it. Uh, and I think your mind's a really good filter. And the important stuff it can it can remember. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you enjoy the writing of the book then? It's a very you know, well researched book, isn't it? You obviously I put did in a lot the hard of yards interviewing people and Yes, I did a lot of research. But I have to say I really, this one really sort of flowed. Right. Out. I should point this is the res, Central Park Reservoir. Nice. That's just about my favorite spot in New York. And there's a one point six mile cinder track All right, okay. around the reservoir. Nice. That's where I do a lot of my speed work. It uh, is beautiful to have this here. Yeah, not that I not that I go very fast in my speed work. But you know every Just qu- the fact you're doing it yeah, is admirable. Every quarter mile is marked there. <laughs> oh is it really? And you can do it on the nice soft oh, fantastic. And you can do it on a nice soft surface. Right. So uh, I noticed that uh, the park run phenomena hasn't really arrived here yet. I think what do you mean? The, you, the park run? Yeah, there's a uh, there's a movement in London, and it's sort of spreading around the world, Europe, Sydney. It's called Park Run. Every Saturday morning, about 9am, people turn up and run a 5k around their local park. Okay. It's free. You, you kind of uh, register and you get a barcode. It's free and it's timed. They send you the results later in the day. And it's just a really nice Saturday morning oh, race, tempo great. run. And it's, it's, it's huge in the UK. Every major city has really? at least one going. I know it says one in New Jersey, the New Jersey Park Run. Okay. So maybe it's starting to tiptoe its way here. But you normally get about 150, 200 people. Oh, that's great. And it keeps how, how you know how old you are, so how, how fast you are in relation to your age. And, that's great. And it just, it's free as well. It's just a lovely little training thing, you know. Yeah, th- well... This is, you know, we're out here on a uh, on a Tuesday morning. Right. If, we're out, if, if we were here on a, a Saturday morning or Sunday morning, especially in the fall, there'd be... It's busy anyway. There'd be 5,000 yeah. people here. Yeah, I bet there would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it, there's, there's races about every other week. Right. New York Roadrunners has races yeah. in, in Central Park of all different distances. Are you in a club, are you? Uh, I'm in New York Roadrunners. Right, okay. I'm going to do that. Um... But, and I also run, the New York Times has a running club. Oh, nice, okay. And we've got races during the, during the summers. So, I run with them. Uh, but it's, uh, it's it, you know, so there's plenty of runners out here. We, oh, but yeah, that park is, run yeah. is really nice. I mean, I think one of the interesting movements that you see with distance running lately is, uh, you know, the, the registrants right. for marathons are... Are slightly down. Are they really? Okay. Yeah, which is strange because more people are running than ever. Okay. But what you see is a lot of like informal events. Right. That groups gather. Yes. Uh, a lot of you know on social media, they'll say you know meet on the Lower East Side near the Manhattan Bridge on That's you know nice. Saturday at eight o'clock. Right. There's a group called Take the Bridge, and they sort of close off traffic themselves. Nice. And. They all run across the bridge and go for, and then go another go bridge, coffee. and then go to a pub together. And so, so it's a bit more ad hoc, a bit more casual. Yeah, so you yes. see a lot of sort of casual, you know, uh, adventure running. In I some like ways. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool. Because it can feel a little bit over controlled sometimes, can't it? In the yeah. very big races, that's sort of. You know, the registering and the expos and the kind of... Yeah. And the, and the and expense of it. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it's got... And to, and yeah. It's, you know, if you're, running, if you're running those world marathon majors, it's expensive. Yeah. And not to mention, you go and travel to them. Of course, yeah. Uh, so, you know, but it's... You know, they... I, I mean, I think those things are very well organized. But I think it's a good... I mean, I think it's fun to do all different kinds yeah, of distances. Yeah, that's a great thing about it, isn't it? And different kinds. It's fun to do five-mile races. And, yeah. You know, run. I've, I've, the last few years, I did a small marathon out on Long Island, which just has a, a couple of hundred people in it. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, it's its own sort of challenge because you're running alone for a lot of it often. Yeah, um, I think I'd find that quite tricky. But yeah, give me t- it's hard. Yeah, some of it is, yeah. But there's also something nice about it. You know, you, 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 you pull up, you're at the starting line. Yeah. You throw your bag down on the grass. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then you walk over to the There's no one shouting at you. Oh, there's, yeah, yeah. there's no corrals. Yeah. You line up, somebody blows a horn, and you go. No, um, that's great. So, so there's a, there's a, diff- there's a whole, all different sorts of vibes that you can pursue. And what's, um, what's Bob Larson doing now? Is he retired from coaching? Is he still... <laughs> He, involved. Is, he, is, he is retired. He's 80 years old. Right, okay. Uh, he's earned his retirement. He's earned his retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, lives on top of a mountain in Brentwood above Los Angeles and also still has a beach house in San Diego. Right. Um, he would, you know, Mev was really his last runner. Yes. Yeah, he would, pro- he would if somebody came to him and wanted, you know, some training, he would probably do it. Yeah. Uh, but... You'd have to train yeah, pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's tough training. But he's still in great shape. I was uh, with him last month, and we were sitting on his deck uh, at the top of the hill. Uh, it's about two miles up. Um, and that, you know, that running up to his house back when he was coaching at UCLA, yeah. that was a thing that he had his runners do. Uh, on weekend mornings, yeah, he would have them run and end up at his house, and then his wife would make him pancakes. And uh, so that was my first time at his at that house, right, with him. And I said, "That's a pretty serious hill." <laughs> yeah. He said, "Yeah, it's a good workout. I just did it last week." <laughs> and I said, "You ran up that hill?" Wow. He said, "Oh yeah, sure." So 80 years old and running up, wow, uh, this wow. two-mile hill. Which is, uh, it's pretty steep. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, when you talk about going to your threshold, going to your yeah, edge, yeah. and going to the, At place, the age of eight, going, yes. to, <laughs> going to doing the thing that scares you. Yeah, that would scare me at forty nine. Uh, but so, and he used to lead out the runs for a few miles himself, didn't he? Yeah, that was back really, in the day. Yeah, I think that was really important early on, especially, and um, and that really, you know, there's a few different things that work there. That really allowed him to get his runners off the track. You know, so much of training in the 60s, really all training in the 60s, existed on a track. Yeah. Everyone was obsessed with... 400 meters. Yeah, the the sort of leading lights of running at that point were the Eastern Europeans. You know, Zatopek, who won the 5,000, 10,000 and the marathon in... Yes. 1952, and he would do these crazy workouts where he would run, you know, like 65 quarter miles. Incredible, isn't it? Over and over, all of them yeah. around 65 seconds. Yeah. Away. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so everyone was obsessed with that, and Bob just started running on the roads and trails around San Diego, and he felt really liberated. And when he started coaching, you know, his... His uh, his athletes would show up for practice, and they'd look for they're looking for the coach in the in the jacket with the whistle. And instead, it was this young young guy wearing shorts and a t-shirt. And yes. he said, "Follow me." Yeah. And they would get out on the trails. A bit uh, more liberating. Yeah, I mean the the track is really really good for one person. Yeah. And that's the coach who doesn't want to move right? Uh, because he can sit in the middle yeah. Yeah. and he can time everything and the environment yeah. is controlled. Um, Although it, it does tell you exactly where you are, though, doesn't it, speed-wise? Yeah, it does. The track yeah. never lies. Right, the track and the watch yeah. never lie. That is definitely, yeah. that is definitely yeah. true. Yeah. But, but too much on it burns you out, well, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, mean, there's, I mean, it's just, it's just too boring. Yeah. And... So that was really important, you know, especially for these distance guys, getting them out on the roads, running from point A to point B, running from Bob's house, uh, you know, 18 miles or 15 miles out to the beach yes. in San Diego, yeah. where his wife would meet them with, you know, the lemonade. Nice. And, uh, nice. And a certain kind of camaraderie. Absolutely, yeah. That was built during those, during those, uh, 
those days and during those runs. So, um, yeah, it's really important. And he ran with, you know, he would run with his runners, at least in the warm-up, uh, you know, into, I think into his 40s. Yeah. And even and once he was training Meb in Mammoth, he was usually on his bike. Right. Riding next to him. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And keeping his pace and, you know, listening really closely looking at the to, cadence and the yeah listen but he would listen really closely to the sound of meb's feet interesting and he yeah. could tell he could tell if meb was having a good day or a bad day right by how long that scratching sound of his feet on the concrete yes would the last. connection yeah yeah that friction uh, that's how that's, how that's well a sign he, of a close relationship yeah that's how well he knew yeah. how well he knew his runner so it was a, uh, it was, it was a, there's a certain amount of dedication to the, to the task that you find with certain people. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, the simplicity of it attracts people, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's also, I mean, I, I taught for a year uh, at the University of Arkansas uh, years ago. Right. And I wasn't a very good teacher. I didn't really... I, I didn't have a lot of patience. Uh, I didn't really understand the attraction of it right. as a career until I, you know, I got to know some teachers and coaches very well. And what I came to understand is that in the same way that you know, writers take pleasure in you know, making sentences or stories or books and financial people take real pleasure in making money uh you know teachers and coaches the pleasure they come that comes from them is you know they make people yes they really incredible isn't they it? take yeah. people from they mold them yeah, yeah they really mold them into these fully formed adults and you know getting that it's a different calling isn't it yeah, yeah getting that incredible satisfaction from you know getting a person to be their better self. Yeah. Uh, I don't really believe in that whole concept yes. of your best self because yes. I think you're always sort of chasing that and you never quite know. Yeah. But changes. Getting yeah. someone to understand and to be inspired to believe that they can, you know, just be a little bit better yeah. tomorrow than they were yesterday. Uh, it's like your own your there. own achievements disperse through more people, isn't it? Yeah. When you're on your own, you. It's a bit more monofocused. But then you have kids as well. That opens you up as well to that, doesn't it? I would think that so. That concept, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Uh, except when they... Except the kids never listen to you. <laughs> no, of course. The kids listen of to their, co- their coaches and their teachers. <laughs> yeah. no, they won't listen to you. Well, that's one of the ironies of life, is it once you feel like you've got anything at all worked out, you've reached an age where no one wants to listen anyway. Right. <laughs> it's like... Right. No, but um, one of the great things about Larson also, or another great thing, is that there was... At a certain point in Meb's career, Meb started to do things a little more on his own. Right. And started to sort of design his training plans and then run them by, past Bob. Yeah. And Bob took such great pleasure in that because what he realized is that, you know, his ideas were going to live on. Yes. Uh, that Meb is gonna, probably going to end up coaching people. Yes. At least he wants to. And, you know, he's going to... You know, people go to him for advice, and, and you know, he's really going to... Uh, Have a similar philosophy to And him. these ideas are going are gonna to outlast him, and they're just going to be yeah. out there in the world, you know, hopefully forever. Yeah, that's so, a nice one. Yeah. Uh, as, long as, as long as we're here. So that's a, that's a real satisfaction, I think. What's you also that? get when you're molding, the, molding uh, people. Well, the rain's held off, hasn't it? Yes, we've been had. lucky, haven't we? Yeah, great day. Absolutely torrential. Early. About seven this morning. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was worried for us. My phone went off with that flash flood warning. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mine did, yeah. Yeah. But. And the TV in the hotel wasn't working last night. Ah. Which felt quite dramatic. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so it uh, cleared up. Yeah. And now you've... Uh, now you've done the great, the great run in New York. We're just about at the... Oh, it's lovely. At the loop here. Oh, it's absolutely lovely, yeah. It's been a real pleasure. Have you got any... Too early to talk about a second book? 
Well, it would be my third book. But I All right, book, sorry. I published a book in 2016 All right. called Players, right. which is about how sports became a business. All right, okay, interesting. And, right. Uh, sorry, I didn't realize that. You know, I, I would, I'm toying around with an idea about the complete opposite end of oh, the spectrum. Right. The complete opposite end of the running spectrum. Right. Which is the 100 meters. Yes. And, you know, the the sort of obsession with progress yeah. being measured in hundredths of a second. The extreme nature of it, yes. And um, That's an interesting sort idea. Sort of that concept. And uh, That's one discipline that America's traditionally done very well at. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're pretty good, pretty good at that. Yeah. Unf- unfortunately, uh, over the years, we've probably had a little too much medicinal help. Yes, there's been a good, bit of that. Yeah. Being good at that. Yeah. Um, not our, but that's not quite sort of weighty themes to get involved in, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of America and yeah. success and, do you know what I mean? It's right. Right. It's that, it's that striving. Yeah. Um, but it's a, um, so that's been a, so that, that's, that's one, I'm not sure what the, what the shape of that book would be. Right. Yeah. Who would be what I would call the mule? Yes, which yeah. The person who carries the story. Or the yes, people yeah, yeah, yeah. Who carries the story? Because it doesn't really tie into like, you know, I'm at the 80 meter mark. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> the lactic's starting to build up. Right. It hasn't quite got. It hasn't got the journey of it, is it? That's the different intensity of it, isn't it? The balance at speed and the kind of. Right. It's a different. Not trying, you know. Yeah, it's a different. It's a different kind of journey. Yes. Um, yeah. And there was a, you know, there was a very intense journey for a long time. Yeah. To break 10 seconds. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In the 100 meters. And know. Calvin Smith and Carl Lewis. And yeah. I always remember staying up to watch uh, Ben Johnson kind of violate the laws of humanity. Right. With the start, when he just, he just jumped and it, it's, it's like a, he exploded, didn't he? He just absolutely yeah. exploded. It was almost worth the amount of drugs he took just to see what could, he could do with it, almost. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It right. was... Otherworldly, wasn't it? What would be possible? What's possible if you turn yourself over to science? He was still accelerating through the line, wasn't he, with his, art, with his hands yeah. <laughs> pointing. Right. It's a, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a spectacle. Yes, it was, yeah. And it was interesting how, how quickly everyone knew that something was wrong. Yes. Yeah, I mean... Well, his eyes were yellow, weren't they? To be yeah. fair, I mean, it was like, the signs were there. Right, I mean, Carl Lewis, he, I don't think he even waited for the tests. No. To say, say that, that, wasn't, that wasn't real. No, Lewis knew, yeah. knew straight away, didn't he? Right, I think he knew in being Although there was, there was also rumours about him later, wasn't there, as well? It's just yeah, there have been Very rumors. few runners who escaped, at least rumours during that period. Right, there's certainly rumours about everybody. Yeah. And... You know, I mean, look, one of the problems with the sport is that everybody's sort of pushing the envelope. Yes. Um, I've got, in terms of what, it's the same with distance running, isn't it? What's legal, what isn't legal, blood doping, etc. There can be, there's these strange gray areas. Yeah. You know, obviously you've had a lot of controversy, oops, sorry, had a lot of controversy with... Um, Mo Farah recently. Mo Farah and Sal- yeah. you know, as yes, and the Salazar, Salazar connection, group. yeah, yeah. And you know, whereas the substance, the uh, the substance they were taking wasn't illegal, but they may have been doing it for in yes. an illegal way. Yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to. You're not necessarily your ill. Yes, yeah. yeah. Not ill, and you're not supposed to take your IV, take a take an IV drip for longer than or yes, a certain yeah, amount yeah. by a certain in a certain period of time. So it's a bit of a... It's a grey area, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody, so... I like these people, traffic directors. We don't get this in London. Oh, no? Everyone just fights it out. Yeah. You need some authority in there, don't you? Someone in a, someone in a uniform blowing right. a whistle. <laughs> it's necessary. <laughs> well, listen, let's call an end to this because we're very near the... Are we near it? Yeah, we're very yeah. near the health club. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure. You're a real... Lovely character. Your book's fantastic. Oh, thanks very much. So we're going to plug plug it through and links to buy it and stuff. I've read, I re, I read it and then I reread it before this week because I knew I was going to see you. Well, I really appreciate. Re- really it. well written, and for me, 
just really inspiring about this, the thresholds and that college scene. And I'm a big fan of American sports literature and also athletes. I was love Frank Shorter and Bill Rogers because I got into running about 81, 82. Okay. So just that and Zalazar. I was right. all over all that lot. Yeah, me too. So yeah. it was lovely to uh, Those are my just hit. to read about the about college distance running and blending into Meb and all those inspiring stories. So thanks a lot for taking time out this morning to Oh no, thanks for Show uh, me Central Park. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad you were com- I'm glad you were coming here. Oh yeah, it's great. I wasn't uh, It's great. And the and, I didn't and, have a London trip on my schedule anytime soon. No, it's great. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 